Welcome to Wayne Zion Lutheran Church in Rome, Monticello. This is Sunday, October the 1st, 2023, the 18th Sunday after Pentecost. The sermon is by Pastor Wade Reddy. The accompanist is Pete Temple. The lector is Ivan Eaton. Thank you to Roland and Lynn Banerob for sponsoring this week's broadcast in honor of their wedding anniversary. Thank you for joining us today. Good morning. Good morning. This 18th Sunday after Pentecost, the longest season of the year, and it will go on for a while yet. Let us start with confession and forgiveness. We'll find this in the front of your bulletin as we share our words of confession together. Gracious God, we confess that we have sinned in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. Forgive us and give us strength to turn from sin and to serve you in the newness of life. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for you. And for his sake, God forgives you of all your sins. To those who believe in Jesus Christ, he gives the power to become children of God and bestows upon them the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us continue with, the, with uh, the Kyrie, but let me share this with you. Pastor just kind of drew a blank. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us sing the Kyrie. Peace in our homes for friends and family. 
Okay, children, I need you to come up and help me with the uh, canticle of praise. And uh, they're going to come forward. And for those who have been watching, uh, we give praise to God in the highest heaven and for peace on earth. Come on up. Help me. Here we go. Come on up. We're going to have you stand on the steps, Carver. Yeah, and look at this. We've got a few who are going to stand with you. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? Let us continue with the canticle of praise. Come on. only Son of the Father, Lord God, Lamb of God. You take away the sin of the world, have mercy on us. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Receive be young again. Let us pray together the prayer that we find printed in our bulletin for this Sunday, the 18th Sunday after Pentecost. God of love, giver of life, you know our frailties and our failings. Give us your grace to overcome them. Keep us from those things that harm us and guide us in the way of salvation through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Let us receive God's holy word for God's holy people. Good morning. Good morning. And welcome to Wayne Zion. The first reading is from Ezekiel 18, 1 to 4, and 25 to 32, with the following preface. Ezekiel, Ezekiel challenges those who think they are they cannot change because of what their parents were and did. 
or who think they cannot reverse their own previous behavior. God insistently invites people to turn and live. The reading. The word of the Lord came to me. What do you mean by repeating this proverb concerning the land of Israel? The parents have eaten sour grapes, and the children's teeth have set on edge. As I live, says the Lord God, this proverb shall no more be used by you in Israel. Know that all lives are mine. The life of the parent as well as the life of the child is mine. It is only with a person who sins that shall die. Yet you say, the way of the Lord is unfair. Hear now, O house of Israel, is my way unfair. When the righteous turn away from their righteousness and commit iniquity, they shall die for it. And for the iniquity that they have committed, they shall die. Again, when the wicked turn away from the wickedness and they have committed and know and do what is lawful and right, they shall save their life. Because they considered and turned away from the transgressions that they had committed, they shall surely live, they shall not die. Yet the Lord of Israel says, The way of the Lord is unfair. O house of Israel, are my ways unfair? Is it not your ways that are unfair? Therefore I will judge you, O house of Israel, all of you, according to your ways, says the Lord. Repent and turn away from all your transgressions, otherwise iniquity will turn you to ruin. Cast away from you all the transgressions that you have committed against me, and get yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. Why will you die, O house of Israel? For if I have no pleasure in the death of anyone, says the Lord God, turn then and live. Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This morning we'll draw from Psalm 25. I will sing the refrain, and then we can all sing the refrain together, and then we will move into the verses. Remember, O Lord, your compassion and love. to you be put to shame rather let those be put to shame who are treacherous show, show me your ways O Lord and teach me your paths remember O Lord your compassion and love lead me in your truth 
truth and teach me for you are the God of my salvation in you have I trusted all the day long remember O Lord your compassion and love for they are from everlasting remember not the sins of my youth and my transgressions Remember me according to your steadfast love and for the sake of your goodness, O oh Lord. You are gracious and upright, O oh Lord. Therefore you teach sinners in your way. You lead the lowly in justice and teach the lowly your The second reading is from Philippians 2, 1 through 13, with the following preface. As part of a call for harmony, rather than self-speaking, self-seeking, Paul uses very early Christian hymn that exists, the selflessness of the Christ in his obedient death on the cross. Christ's selfless perspective is to be essential perspective we share as a foundation for Christian accord. The reading. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing from spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being full of being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not for, to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind in you be in you that it was in Jesus Christ, who thought he was in the form of God. He did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus, every knee would bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but much more now that in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
Our service continues on page 188 in the front of your hymnal with the gospel acclamation. I invite the congregation to please rise. According to St. Matthew, the 21st chapter, glory to you, O Lord. You may be seated for the reading of the Gospel. When Jesus entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Jesus said to them, I will also ask you one question. If you tell me the answer, then I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Now you'll say, wait a second, Pastor hasn't read the whole Gospel lesson. Hang with me. We're going to read more from chapter 21. The other thing is this past week I was in Ames, Iowa for the annual fall theological conference for all the pastors of the Southeastern Iowa Senate. And we heard a wonderful, a wonderful theological discussion on the tree of life. But one of the other things that we had was a wonderful, wonderful message that was delivered by Bishop Amy Kern. And it spoke so much to me, I thought, I need to share this with my brothers and sisters in Christ at Wayne Zion. I don't always do this. Pastor does not always go out there and find a sermon and then deliver it, one that I have not written, but I am going to do that today. But before I get there, I want us to remember what I just shared in the gospel lesson, and it was this. The religious leaders of the temple were asking Jesus, who gave you the authority? to do this? And by what authority do you do it? So if you want to follow along, you can. You can open your pew Bible to 1534, or you can just sit back and listen. But I'm at page 1534 and 1535. I'm starting at the 21st chapter of Matthew. As they approach Jerusalem... This would be Jesus and his disciples and came to Bethage on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of his disciples saying to them, go into the village ahead of you and once you, once you will, at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them and that he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle, riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. 
Ezekiel chapter 9, verse 9. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the coat and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks out on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those who followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. A Hebrew expression meaning save. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asking, Who is this? Who is this? And the crowd answered, This is Jesus the prophet from Nazarene and Galilee. Where are we at in the biblical story? What's happening? Palm Sunday. We are at the beginning of Holy Week. This is the 18th Sunday after Pentecost. And we're spending time taking a look at what authority and who gave you authority to heal and to teach. Jesus entered the temple courts. You remember this? And drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. For it is written, and he said, My house will be called the house of prayer, but what you're making it is a den of robbers. Isaiah 56, 7. This New Testament is so filled with fingerprints of the Old Testament. The blind and the lame came to him at that temple and he healed them. But when the chief priest and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things that he did and the children shouting in the temple courts, I love it that we have children here at Wayne's High. And they're shouting, children are shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. They were indignant. They were pissed off. Right? Who are you coming in here disrupting everything? We're following the law. We are offering up sacrifices. We are selling doves and goats and sheep. And we're not doing it in the portico. We're doing it inside the temple. Who are you? And from the children's lips and infants, you, Lord, have been called forth with your praise. Psalm 8, verse 2. And he left them and he went out of the city to Bethany where he spent the night. What a Palm Sunday that was, right? Whew! We read on. Early in the morning, as Jesus was on his way back to the city, he was hungry. Seeing a fig tree by the road, he went up to it, but found nothing on it except leaves. And then he said to it, may you never bear fruit again. And immediately the tree withered. When the disciples saw this, they were amazed. How did the fig tree wither so quickly, they asked. Jesus replied, truly I tell you, if you have 
faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to this fig tree, but you can also say to the mountains, go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever it is you ask your Father in prayer. Jesus is talking about faith. Jesus is talking about believing that we have a God who is stronger than anything, especially in love. We go on. Jesus entered the temple of courts. This is the next day. And while he was teaching, the chief priests and the elders and the people came to him, by what authority do you do these things? They asked him point blank. And, and who gave you this authority? Jesus replied, I will also ask you one question. And if you answer me, I will tell you by what authority I am doing these things. John's baptism. Where did it come from? Was it from, from heaven? Or was it from human hands? They discussed it among themselves. And they said, you know, if we say from heaven, he will ask them, why didn't you believe him? But if we say from human origin, we're afraid of the people, for they all hold John as a prophet. So they answered, Jesus, we do not know. Clever. Then he said, neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. We're kind of stuck here, aren't we? Then Jesus helps them. He throws them a line. What do you think? There, were, there was a man who had two sons. He went to the first one and said, son, go. Go and work today in my vineyard. I will not, answered the son. But later he changed his mind and he went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, yeah, I will, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did what the father wanted? The first, they answered. Jesus said then, Truly I tell you, whenever Jesus does this in the Gospels, truly I tell you, get ready because he's ready to deliver something good. Pastor lost his spot. Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you to show you the way. Repent, for the kingdom of God has come near. The way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent. Nor did you believe him. The gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Some thoughts from our bishop. The real question of the day was, do you, Jesus, believe that you are the Messiah? Truth be told, there had been imposters before. And in fact, if we are honest with ourselves, there are still imposters today. 
imposters that try to make us believe that they are the ones, that they are the savior of the world, the ones who ask us to follow and to fall in the line, that there is a new created order, right? Don't think this level, think this level. But when truth comes to land on this earth, Jesus the Messiah always, always gives life. Jesus the Messiah always, always offers mercy. Jesus the Messiah always lives embodied in love, forgiveness, even death on a cross for us. God gave us Jesus' Son so that the world might be saved through him. This is about life, not condemnation. It's not about getting things right. But through life, transformed by the love and the mercy of God, whether this makes us or the elders or the religious leaders comfortable or not, God is always, always at work in this world, transforming the world with love. With love. Through Jesus, through Jesus' ministry, through Jesus' death, through Jesus' resurrection, through the Spirit's power at work and dwelling in each of us today and all of tomorrow, God is at work. God's love. So by what authority did Jesus do these things? If I had my confirmation students here, they would say, by the love of God. Isn't that what we talked about on Wednesday, Luke and Lexi? By what authority? By the love of God. By the love of God set free in the world. Jesus is the love of God alive in this world. This is still true today. It was true yesterday, it was true at the beginning of creation, and it will be true to the promised world to come. And what we know and what we see and what we hear in stories is that the crowd sees Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, a God of power and might through the gift of God's love. And they believe in Jesus. The prostitutes, the outcasts, the tax collectors of all people. They are used as an example here. They were met by Jesus' love for them. And they were transformed from their brokenness to see themselves as Jesus saw them, what God had created, that the Holy Spirit reminds us every day that we too are broken ones, but that we are made in the image of God and God loves us just the way we are. We too are the ones that do not see ourselves worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. God sees us as worthy. God gave his only begotten son for us. We are named and claimed and forgiven and beloved and set free. Jesus, the word made fresh, meets us and calls us by name. Beloved children of God, you are mine, says Jesus. 
and we are set free. Truth be told, I want you to catch this. Truth be told, we like the elders in the temple sometimes just don't make room in our lives for the chaos of love and forgiveness. A new world of peace and mercy. So we, we do our, our darndest to stick with the way we've always been doing things. Sometimes losing sight of the promise. God our creator is faithful in the midst of it. Jesus our savior is consistent in the midst of it. And the Holy Spirit, thank God, is persistent and will not leave you alone. Even when we're suspicious. Even when we are consumed by ourselves. Even when we are terrified. Even when we're doubtful. Even when we're suffering. The Holy Spirit is persistent. Even when we are broken. Wide open. I came into the most sacred and beautiful space this last Thursday. I walked into her bedroom. I touched her. I said, Elfrida, it's Pastor Wade. She opens her eyes. She says, hello, Pastor. And then she says, I'm so tired. I say a prayer with her. And I share with her. Elfrida. When Jesus, that great and wonderful love and light of God through the gift of the Holy Spirit planted in each of us, you come in to the presence of that light. You walk toward it. And then with Aaron there, we did the combination of the dying and we released her. And within 24 hours after that meeting, she died in peace to the glorious presence of all the saints. We too will be on our deathbed one day. And I want you to know that we have a God who loves you into eternity. As your pastor, I can't think of more sacred space to come and walk alongside you when nothing more matters but our faith and our love our love that God lavishes upon us. It is here where God meets us, loved ones, and breathes new life into us, turning us from the inside ourselves and back to God and not one another, where we are beloved and we are set free and we are loved by God. Did you catch that in the reading of the gospel this morning? No one is left out. No one is left behind. No one is unworthy. Even the ones who are challenging Jesus have a promised place in the reign of God. There's room for all. Tax collectors, chief priests, elders, prostitutes, you, even me, you, every one of you, are beloved by what authority? By whose authority? Only by God's authority who promises to make all things new. We will leave these bodies behind. And this, beloved ones, is true today, this very minute. You have nothing more to prove. You are worthy. You have nothing more to prove. God has made you. 
God loves you just the way you are. There's no reason to wait to believe this. Well, I'll get better tomorrow. I'll keep working. No, you're worthy today. God loves you. Yeah, we're broken. But God loves you. There's no reason to wait. There's no reason to wait or imagine that you have to be something else. God has made you and loves you and transforms you and set you free from your brokenness. He sets you free from anything that prevents you from seeing yourself as worthy and beloved. Don't wait until death or eternal life to experience this gift that God has for you today. That's God's promise. That's God's gift to each one of us. It is God's authority that we all have been set free and that we are forgiven to live as God wants us loved. Knowing that we are deeply loved by God, this is Jesus' answers to the elders. By what authority? By the love of God. Amen. going to change it up just a little bit and at this time I'd like to invite Gail Harms to come forward with all the teachers who will be teaching uh, this year uh, with our Sunday school students and as they're making their way to the front that would be Kendi and Mitch Monk, Rick and Lynn Meyer, Terry and Bankini, Ashley and Ethan Zumba, Robin and Kurt Andreessen, Emily and Blake Schulte, McKenzie Britt Smith, Shannon Jameson as our substitute, Vicki Admison and Carol Hagen. I want you to know that our ratio for preschool through kindergarten is one to six. Our ratio for first grade and second grade is one to four. And I want you to know our ratio of teachers to students for the third through the fifth grade is one to two. Come on up. And Holly Iben, our special teacher who leads us in service projects. Can I get you to, well, probably can't, huh? Can I get you to stand up? One step. Got it okay. There we go. All right. I got bags here too. Um, isn't that funny? Come over here. Let's 
Let's center it up a little bit. All right. I, uh, I see that most of you are parents. You must have heard Elfrida Tobiasen in that, uh, what, what would you have called that, podcast. And she said, parents, when you have children in uh, Sunday school, you need to step up. But I see, a, you, you know, uh, Sesame Street, what's similar and what's different? We have two very beautiful people up here. Uh, well, we have all kinds of beautiful people up here. <laughs> Pastor's got to be careful. But we got two that don't seem to fit. Do you kind of, anybody uh, kind of see that? Okay, I have a question for Carol and Vicki. Take the microphone. And, and uh, why? I mean, you have grandchildren. You have great-grandchildren. And you're here. Vicki, you have a, a, an adult daughter. Why are you teaching? I guess God called us. Yeah. <laughs> and um, as a Christian, Jesus said, bring the children unto me. And I believe that we need to teach the children very young to learn to know Jesus and believe in him so that they can carry that belief and know that he loves them. And then they learn to love him. Wonderful. Thank you. Vicki, we're going to ask you the same question. Why are you here? I think it's important that children learn about Jesus and learn that it, learning about Jesus never ends. It's a continual process. Lifelong. So it's lifelong. Okay. I want to spread that knowledge to them. Okay. I'm going to have you hand the microphone to Gail. She doesn't know I'm going to do this to her. And she'll go, oh, Pastor, why did you do that? But I mean, Gail, um, Sunday school superintendent, you could be volunteering anywhere else. You have decided that this is important to you. Why? Because for God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. That he gave his only son. That's me. I'm sorry. I've got to get away from the mic. That he gave his only begotten God son. son. And we need to know that message, right? Yes, we do. Gail, I'm going to have you hand these bags out to uh, the individuals. I'm gonna, then they can hang on to something because right now they don't know what to do with their hands. And so why don't you go ahead. Gail has done this on her own. She has prepared a bag for each of our Sunday school teachers. And in there you will find a nice uh, calendar book with scripture. And uh, so we're going to hand that out. I'm amazed. I know this was an answer to prayer. I was going another direction. And Gail came out of nowhere. And I am so glad. And I am so glad that you said we are going to support her. And look at this. 18 teachers. 35 students. That has not happened in 10 years in the time that I've been here. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to invite you through the gift of the Holy Spirit to receive these words. Jesus called the disciples to him and said, You know all the rules of the Gentiles' lords, and they lord it over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be your slave, even as a son of man came not to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom to many. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 20. Will each of you assume the ministry of teaching 
that comes from God? If so, respond, I will and I ask God to help me. Will you carry out this ministry in accordance with teaching and the practice of the Lutheran Church? If so, respond, I will and I ask God to help me. Will you be diligent in your study of the Holy Scriptures? Now I realize we're giving you spark and whirl. And faithful in your use and means of grace and prayer as you meet with your students. If so, say, I will and I ask God to help me. Will you trust in God's care, seek to grow in love for those you serve, strive for excellence in your skills, and adorn the gospel of God with godly life? If so, say, I will and I ask God to help me. People of God, it's amazing. Are you willing to get behind these teachers and support them and love them? Maybe you'll even get a treat that they can take into their classroom and spill on the floor and we'll pick it up so that they can dine together. Will you be there to pray for these people? Will you give them a chance to make a difference in our kids' lives? If so, say, we will and we ask God to help us. We will and we ask God to help us. Almighty God, who has given you the will to do these things, graciously give you the strength and the compassion to form them. And all of God's people said, Amen. Let's give them a round of applause. Thank you, Gail. Let us continue with the prayers of intercession. You'll find these printed in your bulletin insert. Remembering and caring for generous works of God, we pray for the church creation and the needs of our neighbors. We put our trust in you as we pray for the church. Give bishops and pastors and deacons and teachers, these teachers, the gifts of wisdom and discernment. Be with them in bold truth and faithful witness. Let them trust the Holy Spirit at work in them. Merciful God, lead us in your truth as we pray for creation. Empower us to look to the interest of others as we make choices that impact one another and the environment. Summons us to be advocates for healthy waterways and habitats in the air. And Lord, we ask for protection of our farmers as they begin this harvest. Merciful God, we pray, lead us in justice for those in government and the military and other positions of authority. We lift before you Ben Harms, Trevor Owen, Dustin Starn, Spencer Hansen, who serve in harm's way. Give them humble and willing hearts looking to the needs of others. We pray also for our enemies. Merciful God. Trusting in your goodness, we pray for all care receivers and caregivers. And people who are sick and suffering in any way, give them encouragement and constellation of your presence. Come close to Jim Strickle. For Elfrida's family, for Linda Siebels and Teresa Engelbart, Kalinda Stadmuller, Sandy Jensen, Dick Meyer, Mary Meyer, Lynette Moore, Tom Boken, 
For Samantha puts, Lord, we come to you. Merciful God, receive our prayer. Teach us your paths as we pray for this congregation. Be at work in us. Unite us in your love as we labor together for the sake of the gospel. Merciful God, Lord God, Heavenly Father, we give thanks for the gift of life, for the life of little area Louise Eden. Who would have thought if Doug could only see this little girl? Bless her life, Lord. Merciful God, we give you thanks for all the saints who have died secure in the knowledge of salvation, for Elfrida and Don Starry. Keep us fearless in our faith and certain of your resurrection. And I pray a special prayer for Jerry that we surround her with our love. 66 years of marriage is a long time. Merciful God, remember us according to your steadfast love as we offer these and prayers that we offer up from our hearts. Trusting in your compassion made known through Jesus Christ who died on the cross for us. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you always. Let us receive this morning's offering. We are helping with hunger. Mary Lou Shipper is our representative for this part of the conference and we have the crop walk going on and so the children will be gathering coins for crop walk. Holy God, gracious and merciful, you bring forth food from the earth and nourish your whole creation. Turn our hearts towards those who hunger in any way, in all that we may know your care. And prepare now for the feast of the bread of life, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. In the night in which our Lord's betrayed, he took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Okay, I got some instruction. If you're a teacher, and you're still in the sanctuary, Bring your children forward at this time. We're going to serve you first. The rest of us can sit down. All of our teachers and our students who want a blessing before Sunday school, you're going to come forward first, okay? Then you're going to go to the social hall. You're going to pick up a snack, and you're going to take it back to your room, okay? We've gone a little bit long. The service is going to run about seven minutes over the hour. At this time, I invite our Sunday school teachers and students who wish to come forward for the blessing at this time. The rest of us will sing Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We give you thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this healing power of this gift of life. In your mercy, strengthen us through the gift and faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
I'd like to share a few announcements uh, with you. Um, and the children have already gone, but uh, we'll let them know, and their Sunday school teachers know, that we have the art projects from last year that they'll be picking up. Uh, and they'll be in the social hall. The other thing is tonight we have our youth gathering. As far as I know, I believe we have four youth who will be going with me to New Orleans for this year's 2024 uh, youth gathering, and I'm excited. Tonight we, make our, we sign our commitment. There is no cost to these students. Our congregation comes alongside them to allow them to have this wonderful opportunity. Don't mix next Sunday. We're going to do something very different here at Wayne Zion. We're going to have Quilts of Valor. And it will start with a wonderful uh, selection of music, the Battle Hymn of the Republic that our choir will be doing. And then we will be turning uh, the next half hour, 35 minutes, whatever it takes, to recognize our veterans. It's been so fun. I've been out there visiting. I visited with Eugene and Nancy Poppy. They're excited. Uh, Eugene uh, had served in the Korean War. And matter of fact, he gave me two DVDs to watch. Oh my, I had no idea. They were using outdated equipment. They were in miserable conditions. And the men who fought that to go above the 38th parallel only to be pushed back, but almost lost the battle. Our men fought valiantly. And so Valor's a quilt will be given to our veterans here at Wayne Zion at 9 o'clock next Sunday. You won't want to miss this special time. And then we'll have an opportunity to worship after the presentation of those. Also next Sunday we have the Crop Walk at the Wapsie Park. And we have Faith Formation Night with our kids. And uh, they have a special service project in October. Thanks to uh, Annie Lloyd, our kids will be making several pies. I won't say how many, but I hope it's more than 12 for the Harvest Festival. Uh, so we've got that going on. Thank you. This is awesome. Holly, I'm going to have you stand up. You did a service project with our Sunday school last week, and you made 42 casseroles. I want to share with you again, anybody can pick up a casserole and take it to someone. I had Pauline Antones the other day say, I'm going to go visit Lucille Wagner. Can I get one of those? Absolutely. So if you don't know where they are, you can ask the staff or myself and we'll get one of those hot dishes off to you. We need lectors. I thought Ivan did a great job today. Man! Knocked it out of here, Ivan. Um, and so we need lectors coming up for November. We also need bakers. Um, here's the, the bad news. We had a little mix-up. There's no goodies for this morning. Oh, wait a second. There is. There is. Barb and Bill. Bill. They mar Bill? Where's Bill? He's probably... Oh, my God. They saved the day. We are actually going in to have coffee and bake goodies. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. I think that's all the announcements. Unless Diane has anything to say for Harvest Festival. Just real quick, if you weren't here last Sunday and you did receive a letter in the mail this week, there's probably a letter on, uh, on uh, a table uh, in the overflow area about Harvest Festival. And if there's anything that you need to let me know about Harvest Festival, I'll be around after church. All right, I invite you to stand at this time, receive this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his peace. Amen. We're going to sing our sending hymn. It is now seven minutes after the hour, but I think it's important that we sing. We're going to sing verses 1, 3, and 4 of hymn 482. 1, 3, and 4.
Reserved. Music and lyrics reprinted with permission under one license number A 729734. All rights reserved.